Greetings, everyone, and welcome to a very special Game Cola podcast. This is podcast number 42, and here with us are the members of the Turnabout Musical. Hi, I'm Paul Franz, and I'm the editor in chief of Game Cola. Hi, I'm Mike Ridgway, the resident troll of Game Cola. Uh, hello, I'm Michael Gray. I'm I'm Game Cola's Phoenix Wright person, I guess, next to Paul. Hi, I'm Lucia Lobos Villa. I guess you could say I am also Turnabout Musical's Phoenix Wright person. Although we're all turnabout musicals, Phoenix Wright person. Next to try, I suppose. Uh, I'm the head of the musical, voice actor of Maya Fey, and the voice director. Hi, I'm Maxwell's Demon. I'm just the art director, and I have a funny voice. I'm a Triforce Spun. I do the role of Phoenix Wright. Hi, uh, Tom Laughlin. He also here, composed all I, the songs, uh, Try. Yeah, he also. Yeah, like, I, I wrote some music. It's, it's oh, great. yeah, right. <laughs> um, I forgot about that. Hi, uh. Can I go now? <laughs> no, you can't. You're going to have to no. stop right there. No offense. Yeah. Take a well, seat over there, I was so right. go. Okay. <clears throat> uh, I'm Tom Laughlin. I play Manfred von Karma, and I also uh, write some of the script. Hi, I'm Isabel Ringen. I'm the character designer for the musical and one of the lead animators. Hey, I'm Amy Williams. Um, I am voice of Maggie Bird and head of the coloring department for the animation. Oh, oh, that's me. Hi, I'm Shinkin <laughs> Rui. I'm assistant director of Turnabout Musical, and I play Gumshoe. Hello, I am Mystery Matt. I am the voice of the very roughly Miles Edgeworth. I uh, help out with the editing, and I'm the resident janitor, if you believe, please. <laughs> <laughs> Always cleaning up our messes. <laughs> how he how he wound up janitor and I wound up assistant director. We'll never know, pal. <laughs> well, because Maya's in charge. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, but Edward Edward does keeps the steel samurai her. fan. Well, yeah, Edgeworth keeps beating her whenever they play Steel Samurai versus Capcom. <laughs> so she was like, "That's it." <laughs> Available in and, stores, 2011. And that's just no fun to play with, because he's always complaining about how they never include Mega Man or the Evil Magistrate. And Maya's like, you know what, yeah, why I can't know. you just enjoy James? <laughs> no, I, I think that game got cancelled. Oh, no, it got, it got pushed back to third quarter. Classic Capcom! Everyone knows it's Capcom! That's me. So, uh, there's a so, question. So, Jetty, what's going on? What is going on? There's a question. You said, what's going on? I, I know we have a question questions. What's going on? It is right. We do well, We do have questions. I know. Oh, what? Wait, oh, what? Wait, what? No. Uh, but but <laughs> first, I, I think the, uh, the musical folks should uh, talk about the project a little bit, explain what it is to uh, anyone who doesn't know what, what the hell's going on. Yeah, what is Turnabout Musical? I think Try should try to stumble over an explanation before we all that jump in. What are you talking about, Try? All right, I'll attempt this. Uh, Turnabout Musical <laughs> started in 2007, I believe, um, late 2007, as just this, uh, mm -hmm. basically, uh, there's a thread on the court records forums, which is a, a pretty major Ace Attorney fan site. And um, people just kind of started jumping into the idea and uh, submitting songs and things. Like, uh, for instance, I, I, I wrote a couple of songs and, and just put them on Putfile or something. And, uh, and said, okay, here's, you know, the lyrics to these. And, you know, people would just submit things like that. And eventually it, it pretty much blossomed into a, a very large, uh, a large scale collaborative musical project. And it's still, uh, being worked on today, I guess. Did I miss anything there? Kind of it in a nutshell, I guess. You missed the part where I 
am in charge of everything. Yeah, uh, Joel's in charge of everything. What? <laughs> all right. Hey, I walked up the way to get a drink of water, and all of a sudden, there's been some coup? And I yeah. get, get half his paycheck. That's how it works with Turnabout Musical, pal. Wait, you guys are You got, like, a okay. revolving chair. Lucky at least you get paid. Gosh. Guys, all right, if you're going to say I'm not in charge anymore, then I say try should be in charge. But, of course, oh. as Yoda tells us, do or do not, there is no try. So if there is no try, therefore, I default back to being the leader again. Thank you. The funny part is... That was clever. That was very funny. eloquently put. The funny part is that Turnabout Musical has gone through, like, three different leaders. <laughs> mm-hmm. Guys, don't get rid of me. <laughs> I want to love you, Pleedy's, But Pleedy's the best. <laughs> I bet you say that to all your leaders. Can we? No, 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 yes. I think a really big thing about this project is that, um, for one, Capcom it does have kind of a reputation for being very kind towards their fan projects. And so uh, even though they're aware of us and we've had this kind of tentative licensing thing kind of going on with them for a long time, we're not sure what's going on. Um, they haven't given us a cease and desist, tried to close us down or anything, which is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I think mm-hmm. what's really awesome is that this fan game's been able to go on so long, uh, despite us never asking, or fan game, fan musical, based yeah. on a game, sorry, uh, without asking for donations or anyone getting paid for anything. Everyone pretty much works on this musical just because we love it so much, even when we hate it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's really something that really uh, kind of amazes me. There's some days I don't even believe this thing exists because everyone puts so much hard work into it and mm-hmm. just because we love it and for no other reason, really. Yeah. And because I yell at them to do it. <laughs> that is also a big factor. Shut up, Tom! Yeah, she does keep us know? in line. <laughs> that actually oh, sounds a lot like I was going to say. Yeah. We, we hear yelling, a game cola can part, anyway. doing something even though you hate it. Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Every time someone tries to quit Game Cola or, game cola or Turnabout Musical, you just, just have to go, Love? What about Love? You never mentioned love. The timing's bad, I know. <laughs> Get everyone back on it, just guilt them into getting back on the project. <laughs> oh, see, I just, I just use threats usually. I find that's enough. I don't yeah, threats. By threats, you mean crying. No, she uses, she uses, yeah. she uses thinly veiled threats. Yeah. It's, all, it's all about the bodily harm. Right. My, my thinly veiled threats are don't make Maxie send you a long email. <laughs> <laughs> reason, and we need someone to go in there and be like, get this organized. It's Maxie, can you say something this? And I'll write a novel about uh, usually at least a thousand words <laughs> on the forums and post it up, and you know, be very yeah. in how I reply. It's true. It's funny She's when like Maxie tries to be concise. <laughs> Yeah. I think it scares people because it's like so old English. Most people can't read it. <laughs> so they just assume she's saying she's going to mess them I up. Can't read it. <laughs> it could be a grocery list. None remain who know. <laughs> but I believe there was one question in particular that Paul wanted to ask us. A very important uh, question to the Phoenix Wright fandom dealing with shipping. Whoa. Yes, uh, I, I would like to know. Oh, above... God, not again. Oh. <laughs> 
This is only the 18th time this has come up in this podcast, so I think this, it's, this, it's important this, that we bring it up. This is the podcast now. This, is, this question will take over the entire should, podcast. Michael, should, we, should we step out Michael. and let you guys work it out? Michael. No. We, can. we have definitive answers, so it's going to be okay. I think it's really important that we yeah, nail down. You say that now. Everyone thinks should get together in the Ace Attorney series, romantically, I mean. Paul, we have an answer, and everyone here agrees. Um, we are a very varied group uh, because there's so many of us. We're all so diverse. Many people have very different opinions. Some don't ship at all and think it's silly. Some people are passionate shipper, shippers. Some are mild shippers. And we have disagreements over, you know, who should go with who. But there is one pairing that everybody, even the non-shippers in the musical, agrees is completely, undeniably, and inexorably canon. Drumroll, please. <laughs> Larry and Francisca. Yes, definitely Larry and Francisca. The only Larry true and Francisca. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, and Gumshoe and Maggie. Yes, Gumshoe and Maggie. I don't so think that's even who we, we have with Francisca. But that's who did canon, you have with Francisca, then? That entire essay is about why Larry and Francisca are canon, and there's a secret ending at the end of TNT you can get. Oh, yeah, that's Or maybe right. you made that up. But anyway, the fact is, Larry and Francisca are canon. Uh, I thought have they ever met in a canon? <laughs> no. I mean, I can no, see I that. I mean, Larry, in Larry's canon, a bit of a in- sub. So. She, she agrees to be the inspiration for his children's book, and we all know what that means. Hey, maybe we're no, 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 no. I was in no, the. No, it's actually game, canon. Is there's and canon like the uh, the comic books where uh, uh, Edgeworth is fantasizing about oh. Maya in the shower? Really? Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that part. We do have Maya and Miles shippers in the project, but I mean, as far as the Phoenix, Edgeworth, and Maya shippers go, I think there's a lot of different. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a lot of variants. <laughs> yeah, we have people that but, ship but Phoenix, and Maya. Phoenix and Maya. I personally cannot ship Phoenix Maya because to me Phoenix is Try and Try is like <laughs> my little brother who's older than me. <laughs> I ship Maggie Gumshoe. Well, that's maybe it's because I'm married to Joel. Ac- actually, I prepared some <laughs> material for this question. Maxi contacted oh, me about no. this several hours ago, oh, yes! and we had a frank. Oh, yes! We had a. No, we, no, we, karma. <clears throat> yes, so we had a frank discussion about other potential ships that you know people can agree on, and I brought up uh, the all-important Grossberg slash Lemons, uh, to which she responded <laughs> that Cleedy was actually torn oh between that God. one and Grossberg slash Hemorrhoids, um, and so I sort of took that and run with it. Perhaps, perhaps the real ship here is Grossberg's Hemorrhoids slash Lemons. That that is actually. That is the explanation for why he's always complaining about, like, inflammation. <laughs> Lemons and hemorrhoids. What a That's fascinating... Frightening. That's terrible. That so terrible. Awesome. I, I can get on board with that. Guys, of course you can, Paul. I think... I think shipping Edris Francisca uh, is kind of creep- creepy because yeah. she, like, calls yeah, him yeah. her brother, like, literally yeah. in the game, oh, and it's oh, kind oh. of creeptastic. Besides, we all know the true Edgeworth ship is Edgeworth Forever Alone. Come on. <laughs> no, the true Ed- Edgeworth sh- uh, ship is Edgeworth plus anyone you know that's not creepy because Edgeworth is a goddamn sexual god. No, he's not! Uh, no, he's not! Uh, he's not. Yeah. He's not. 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 He
He's sexually <laughs> awkward and probably sexually confused. I mean, I'm no, not saying he's gay or straight. It's the shaft of the Phoenix Wright universe. That is my... Edward that, is that's my dude, you read a whole the panel street. about how Edgeworth is forever alone. Edgeworth yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people like think he's cool, like really like you know suave and good with the ladies. But really, when you play the games, he's, he's really completely awkward. awkward. <laughs> yeah, I, the thing is, the but head he, can't. He works with. fast because he's mother effing Edgeworth. I'm I'm that's pretty it. sure if they gave made it like made a sprite for it, we would see he's the master of the awkward hover hand. If he ever goes to like hug someone, he's like, uh, <laughs> yeah, he totally is because he's too. Like, think about how he was raised. First, his father dies in front of him, and he's like got horrible neuro- neuroses from that. Then he's raised under von Karma, and like von Karma's not very nice to him. Even when he has like father-like attributes towards Edgeworth, he's not a nice guy. I mean, even Francisca has a weird thing to her dad, and so like you wouldn't get raised normally that way. And I'm actually gonna bring up a comic in a couple of seconds that I drew. But, uh, oh, yeah, we had this. Oh, no. <laughs> no, we have to show you. It's fantastic. So, uh, Aram, Nyes, Maxi, and I, uh, would sometimes get on Skype when talking about editing the script because it's a monstrosity. And we started coming up with theories about why Edgeworth is so sexually confused. And <laughs> we came up with that it was all a ploy. Because, see, Von Karma, it wasn't enough for him to murder Gregory Edgeworth. He had to get revenge on all the Edgeworth bloodline. And so he got revenge on Gregory, and he started getting revenge on Edgeworth. But the problem was, if Edgeworth had any kids, he would have to get revenge on them, too. And, you know, he's old. He's not going to be alive forever. So here is the first comic that was drawn. Era, Maxie, and I came up with it together, and then Maxie drew it. This is Von Karma's plan to make sure that Edgeworth has no children so that he doesn't have to keep taking revenge on the Edgeworth bloodline. Give him crippling gay insecurity issues so he'll never, ever have a relationship with anyone ever. <laughs> and it's horrible because in the second one, that's my forum user pick. So when I write those long, horrible rants, you have this scary face looking at you. You'll get to it. The karma face. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I think they're best when uh, Aram Nice reads them. And oh, my God. <laughs> to you in the Von Karma I, so I sort of feel like you're prompting me to do that, but I don't know if I can bring myself to be, like, on record, like, on a podcast doing this. Yeah, you may not um, want to take the risk, Tom. Finally. Must I? Don't no, my papa, please! You have to do it, my papa! <laughs> Who was that? That's our voice for young, for young Von Karma. We also had a theory about why Von Karma is such a perfectionist, and we did a recording, a joke recording about it, and they asked me to do baby Von Karma, but I had no idea how to do young Von Karma, so I made up this voice, and later I realized that I was imitating Uder from The Simpsons. So, now they're headcanon that baby Von Karma is this fat German kid who's like, don't, don't make me run, I'm full of chocolate! <laughs> But um, actually, actually, he has bosoms. <laughs> Back to the actual musical. Actually, if you want to play it, why don't you pull up the wife on Karma is perfect? Uh, where is it? Where? Is it? How do we play something from YouTube onto? I guess. How do we add this to the recording? I guess just give it to the game polo guys. And we'll... I guess show notes. Yeah. I mean, Splice. I mean, we could always edit the uh, or Jetty. Uh, by we, I mean Jetty. Edit the like the track into the uh, actual podcast. Yeah, the magic of editing. We don't know yeah. anything about that, so you're gonna have to take care. Of it. <laughs> it's all a big... you. See, our biggest problem at Turnabout Musical is that you know we're all kind of silly and procrastinators, and we just like to 
have shenanigans, and so nothing gets done most of the time. <laughs> five minutes of work, five you hours of play. You guys perfectly again. <laughs> hey guys, this yeah, is yeah. That's the video, that YouTube video there is why Von Karma is perfect. And I think you should listen to it. <laughs> they don't have to listen to it right now, right? Yes, they do. Okay. <laughs> It'll change their lives. Oh, wait. <laughs> it's Insert only- clip here in the editing room. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, we're going to put this in a podcast. Intermission! <laughs> Who's the other Joel? Is it Joel? me. No, oh, it wasn't you? Hold on, I'm stupid then. <laughs> yes, it was. Yes, it was. You <laughs> jerk. Was it you? you? No. Yes. <laughs> but as soon as, as soon as they're done listening to that, uh, um, I'm going to actually talk about... <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that troll word. Oh, I hate it. <laughs> I had to post that. <laughs> I... I like how M.M. doesn't like the troll edgeworth, because he's like, <laughs> <laughs> frustrated sigh. But that's the edgeworth that's in Investigations. M.M., listen it's- to me. M.M., listen very closely. All that frustration you feel right now, I want you to take it, bottle it up, keep it deep inside of you, and save it for when you need to do voice acting for edgeworth, okay? Clever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Clever. Well done. <laughs> This is how I voice direct. Just like when I want Try to get really upset, I just poke him and poke him, and then he does a wonderful angry phoenix. <laughs> hey, Try, I think hey. Nintendo's stupid. Hey! <laughs> See? Look, instantly angry. I'm just kidding, Try. I think Nintendo's the best. Are we great friends or what? We are. You see? Oh, you and your shenanigans. <laughs> hey, oh, the, the family that hates together oh, stays Aww. Also, it also works for Joel. For Joel, it's just, hey, Joel. Huh? You get to hang out with M.M., a.k.a. Mr. Edgeworth today. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> which, is, which is really funny because they're, like, nowhere near each other. Uh, Joel's, like, in Colorado and M.M.'s in Connecticut. So it's, like, totally legit. But I'm everywhere all at once. But, but, but we ran a panel together at, That's um, true, at, that, we did. at Icon. We, oh, oh man, guys. Okay. There was actually a question about that. Are any of you guys familiar with Avenue Q at all? Uh, yeah. Okay, you know how in Avenue Q... Well, not turnabout musical people. I know you know it. You're you not doing what I think song, you're going to do, are you, Pleaty? You know that song, If You Were Gay? <laughs> if Joel you were and Eminem, our gumshoe actor... Okay. And our gumshoe actor and our Edgeworth actor randomly in the car once started singing that song as gumshoe and Edgeworth and improvising. <laughs> So funny. So Joel was like, if you were gay, that'd be I forgot all about that. Oh, my God. (laughs) And the thing is, Joel is an amazing, amazing improviser. Like, he comes up with the best stuff on the fly. And so he turned around and he was like, even if you dock my pay, he was just... (laughs) Yeah, I I was going to say, at at this juncture, it might be appropriate to uh, let the Game Cola guys set the agenda again, since they gave us us one question, and we spun it into 20 minutes of only tangentially related shenanigans. you guys were prepared for a fully ramblematic podcast, right? Look, it was only 18 minutes, it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) I like this guy. This guy. Alex I was about Meyer. to say, if, if you're about to get turnabout musical people in a rambling podcast, I hope you're prepared for it to be like a three-hour podcast. <laughs> At least. Classic turnabout musical. No, I uh, want to talk. I want to talk. I want to talk, Paul. Uh, 
Okay. Paul, remember every single podcast that me and Paul have tried to do together about Phoenix Wright and how it ended up being a two-and-a-half-hour podcast because we're arguing? Yes. When we do it, it's always about it's space about attorney space investigations. investigations. Like, so... Sean, I, don't bring up investigations! Aaron, no. Don't bring up investigations. We're going to go off on a tangent again if you do that. This is yeah. too bad. There's too many people here. We can't say what we want. Uh, you know, thinking of too many people being here, uh, hi, I'm back. And uh, for the term out for you people, I'd like to introduce Game Girlfriends, uh, Evangeline, Ridgeway, uh, Nay, Rich. Uh, uh, just Gamer Girlfriend stuff, and is also, she's super huge in the music. So. Hi. Hello. Hi, Welcome. Hi. Hi. You are so beautiful to me. They do that. (laughs) Especially Lucia. Random song all the time. (laughs) It's true. Mm -hmm. It's fun living in the same room as her. I'm just saying. Oh, man. Yeah. I love you, you, baby. Get away. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. (laughs) Anyway. I I will say, they they just made a good point with regards to uh, investigations. No, no, don't do it. It can't don't be do it. in Apollo Justice. Apollo, Apollo Justice, Justice is a great game. No. Okay, oh. this is, okay, this is what I have to say about Apollo Justice. Ah. Well, I think we can all agree that Apollo Justice was not as good as the original trilogy. It was still a really good game. And I think most of the people who dislike Apollo Justice just can't get over the fact that Phoenix Wright, you know, kind of had a downfall. But it's not like he's this bum for the whole game. If anything, I think it's his greatest turnabout yet. It's it's finally about him. I mean, it gave him the character development he so sorely lacked. Because in the previous trilogy, he was a protagonist. And the problem with protagonists is that they never want to give them too much of a personality because then the player can't quite relate to them. Which was the problem with Ace Attorney Investigation. Let's not get into yeah, this. Yeah, I'm talking about Apollo Justice. Really but Apollo Justice alone, I think Phoenix's personality, I mean, finally had a chance for some real character development. Because before then, all his character development is tied to other characters. He became an attorney for Edgeworth. He does crazy random stunts to save his friends, like run across a burning bridge for Maya or try to save Larry. Like, it, he's all, all we really know about him is that he gets kind of cuckoo in the head when he needs to save his friends. He has a bit of a hero complex. And that's pretty much all we really know about him. And a sarcastic inner monologue. That's it. There's not really a lot of personality to him. And he kind of sticks out when you compare him to characters like Edgeworth and Maya who are so fleshed out. And I think Apollo Justice, by freeing him of the role of protagonist and passing it on to someone else, finally gave him a chance for character development. And so seeing him when he's lost everything, been stripped of his badge, maybe his friends, we're not sure what happened, to see how he crumbles, it really brought an interesting depth to the character. And at the end, when we see him kind of turn it all around and how he's been the puppet master all along, um, even when he was in such a bad situation. You're spoiling the game for anyone who hasn't played it. Well, they should have yeah. played it. It's Spoiler been years. alert. <laughs> it's been years. They should have played it Spoiler by now. Spoiler alert. He's I still think... a drunken piano bum who has no character development whatsoever. <laughs> oh. Oh. I'm just... I, just I take issue. I take issue with what Phoenix does at the ending, where it's like, "Well, I really should tell Apollo that Trucy is his half sister, but I don't care about anything because I'm a drunken piano." That's bomb. not what happened at all. He asked his their mom specifically, "Do you want to tell them?" And she said, "When the time is right." And that makes perfect sense, considering she just got all her memory back. She's probably not quite healthy yet. I mean, what is that, that his kind of- decision to make, Whoa. though? I mean. Well, the the real reason is to leave the door open for sequels to Apollo Justice, I mean, of course. Keep in mind, but... the right time doesn't necessarily mean yeah, using it. It could mean next week, once you're feeling a little better after getting your memory back, you know? It, it might just be that 
we don't know because they never made the sequel. It's not like they were sitting around laughing about it and going, yeah, we're not going to tell him that's his sister. She said, let's wait for a better, or for the right time, aka a better time. It wasn't yeah, a good time. There had just been, though. she'd just that's gotten her memory back. Phoenix they never tells anything to Apollo ever. Just but listen, if Apollo bomb. is old enough to be a lawyer, he's old enough to know the truth it's about a, his parents. I like Most people yes. who adopted, they hear about their birth parents by the time they hit 18. No, so, yes, he is so, old enough to to know about his parents. But, I mean, I think it's more a matter of Thalassa wasn't in a good place to have that conversation. He didn't have to hear it from Phoenix. It wasn't Phoenix's business to tell Apollo. It was uh, Apollo's mother. It was her job. And she wasn't ready at that time. And I can't blame her. She's been had amnesia and been in a foreign country, almost died. She's been through a lot of crap. And for her to suddenly get all her memories back, which might not even be all good memories. We don't know how great her life was. In fact, the game kind of implies that her life in Troop Grammarie was not all that great. Phoenix even says she was always between you two guys. She was in danger. You know, so I honestly think that it was more a matter of the last I had to get her stuff in order. And then she wanted to sit down and have a conversation with Apollo. I think that's a lot smarter than her just, okay, just go tell him. I would want to hear it from my parent, not from some person. Especially if she's like, put it this way, Phoenix is Trucy's father. But he's not Apollo's. He should tell Trucy. Or, come on. Or they could point. all sit down as a family with the Lassa and handle it the responsible way. Random question. What relation does Phoenix have to Apollo because Phoenix is the father of Apollo's half-sister? <laughs> him, Apollo's daddy? No. Because, um, oh, Apollo's... No. I think that, that would be impossible to answer conclusively. I mean, we know Apollo... Apollo's really father? I think Apollo really looks up to uh, Phoenix like a mentor. I think they have kind of a Dr. Cox and JD sort of relationship where Apollo wants Phoenix to be his mentor, but Phoenix is like, Bethany, get over there and do this, you know? And for the listeners out there who don't know, that was a Scrubs reference. Yeah, I, I think that's... Yes. <laughs> that's how they my point, it's though, is that Apollo, Apollo as, as, as a adult who is of age, has a right to know his, his history. And if yes, Phoenix yeah. knows, then I think, if nothing else, he has an obligation to arrange a sit-down, you know? But who says they weren't going to? I mean, at the end, he's talking to Thalassa about it. That sounds to me like they wanted to. They just wanted to do it right. They didn't want to jump this. I mean, this was a delicate situation, delicate information. They wanted to do this the right way. They and he has no legal hold over anything for Apollo. He does, he's not his father. He's not his caretaker. He's never been. He's just kind of like the guy he somehow... Some, sort of works with a little bit. He doesn't have a relationship with Thalassa. He's not doing anything. You know, like, He has absolutely no connection to Apollo except for the fact that Apollo wants to make that connection with him. That's the only connection he has. Uh, Phoenix has no right to do anything, legally or otherwise. Yeah, he does want to work something out with Thalassa. That's why they had that conversation. That's why they threw that conversation into the Because they want to work out and talk to Apollo. Here's, here, here, here's another question for you. This is this is getting into philosophical terms that we may, may, we may not want to do this. Does... Do Apollo and Trucy have a right to know the truth? Yes. Yes, they do. Yeah. Absolutely. Then. Then I don't think it's such a delicate situation. Of course, it's a delicate situation. They're adults. Apollo's I mean, Apollo at least is an adult. He has a right to know. Never known his parents, and she has to sit down and explain why she gave him away. She has to sit down and explain where she's been all this time. And you know what? This could be a traumatic thing for her too. I mean, she was shot. She lost her memory. She was shipped well, off. I mean, can I can I interject a question of my own real quick? Is this going to be entertaining to your listeners? That's a, that's <laughs> yes, a very probably. The answer is yes. Yeah, to be fair, I see. about 80% of the people who listen to this podcast listen to it because they're Phoenix Wright fans. Look, this is a video game. This is very serious. 
It's almost it's almost as serious as the internet. Move on. Yeah, can we just get the listeners' questions? Yeah, so I think I think our listeners had some uh, questions to ask you guys. No, let's do that. Let's do that, guys. Such as this one: Thalassa Grammary, bad parent or worst parent? (laughs) 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 Better question: Apollo's father, Damon Gant or Damon Gant? Uh, so, uh, Game Call listener no, Diana wanted to know, what inspired you guys to put this project together? Oh, Triforce Bun. I would say it was really just a love for the series and the characters and a love for musicals. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, think, it, I think with this story that uh, the game presents, it, it I think it translates really well to a, to a play, you know, just because there's a lot of um, there's a lot of interesting characters. There's a lot of interesting uh, plot lines going on, and there's not a whole lot of, uh, of like a lot of video games have a lot of action, and you know obviously the Phoenix Wright series is more about the drama, and I think that mm-hmm. that element sure. translates to a musical really well, as well as you know the kind of silly stuff. So, I, I think people realize, you know, fans of the game realize that uh, that connection works really well, and I think that was a big part of it when people are like, yeah, you know, Phoenix Wright musical that could actually work pretty well. I think. Um... It was definitely love for the games that was the driving inspiration early, but I think the only reason it really got off the ground and made it as far as it did, like made it out of that court records thread to, you know, our own forums and kept going for so long is because um, people, you know, for a project that started with someone just being like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if there were a Phoenix Wright musical? Oh, yeah, that'd be cool. Um, for a project that started like that, there's been some really amazing stuff produced for it. Um, I mean, even even in the earliest days of the thread, um, Try came in with frankly amazing um, compositions with great lyrics, and so you know it didn't seem like such a you know silly passing idea that oh yeah that would be cool, but you know we're not actually going to do it right. Um, mm-hmm. It got past that stage to the stage of this is actually happening, and it's not going to sound like crap like some found yeah. projects can end up being <laughs> all too easily. We, what about you, Essa? You haven't said anything yet. We started it, but we felt that Essa, it would go. what? <laughs> what do you have to say? Somewhere. About? The project. Why you work on the project? Speak, child. Oh, I, I work on the project because I like it. I work on the Game Cola podcast because I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm going to actually speak on this because I actually came in, and as <clears throat> Essa did too, we actually came into the project really late, as in like, just over a year, maybe like a year and a half ago, um, and so a lot of like all the music was done. Most well, like all the music, like the groundwork for the music and the script were done. And it was pretty much just clean up or starting recording and things like that. We came on um, when it was they were they were trying to get a highlight CD done, and actually we came on right when they were doing uh, the art for that. And there wasn't really a clear direction for what the art team was doing, and there was a lot of. There was a good oh, handful yeah. <laughs> of dead. Yeah, there's a handful of very dedicated artists, but they were having trouble getting the ball rolling. And then I came in, and I'm like obsessive compulsive, unkarmic, and crazy. I went to school for design and stuff, so I came in and I'm like, okay, well, what if we do this and this and this and this and this and this? And so after that, things kind of started getting rolling. And I talk really fast because I'm from New York, and I'm sorry. 
Um, <laughs> and so we did that, and from there it kind of went to, okay, well, we, we finished the CD. We made those printed. Now what are we doing? Okay, well, I guess we're working on animation now. Okay, well, then what's the next step? So, like, it's been kind of like one of those things. And there are times when it gets hard because, you know, people have school or work or moving or marriages or whatever it is like that, that gets us snagged up. Real real life kind of is a pain in the butt that way. But... Um, that's kind of how, like, the art team even really got moving beyond that that phrase that, that the phase that Aaron Ives was talking about, where it's like, well, are we going to do this? It also <clears throat> helped that we actually got a style in the end. For me yeah, personally, when Asa joined, we saw her style and we're like, yep, that's our style we're using. For me personally, and I don't want <laughs> to kill the mood, I don't want to kill the mood or anything, but for me it was, um, I was going through a really rough time. I mean, uh, my dad had just died and I kind of needed a new place to live and stuff was a mess. And my brother bought me those games. Uh, my big brother. And I just, I love the games to pieces. And I was, you know, really bummed going through a rough time in my life. I was just browsing the internet, which I probably wouldn't have much longer because I was worried about where I was going to live and everything. And I started looking up silly Phoenix Wright parody videos because I the games had such a special place in my heart. And, you know, it was just kind of a comfort thing. And I came across this video. And it was someone had done a few frames to Triforce Bun's song, It's Gotta Be the Butts. And it was all downhill from, I should say uphill from there. Was that a Wait, both of those are right. I think that was hers that you it might was have Deja, It was Deja. the first. Oh, Deja's? Was, yeah, but Triforce ah. Bun's song, It's Gotta Be the Butts. And it just, it made me laugh. And when I had been in such a bad downer mood, I didn't want to be happy about anything. And that made me laugh. I was like, this is so perfect. It's amazing. I looked up the project. I got completely into it. I just started offering my services. Originally, I just came as a script editor before I took over the whole project. Coop! Coop! It's a coop! <laughs> uh, coup de gras. Uh, and I, I just, I was blown away. You know what? It's my turn to talk. Coup de I had my turn. You have your turn. Let me talk. Guys! So, um, she's so rude to me. God, you're fired. Guys. But, uh, it, it was just it was really nice because I walked into those forums and I swear to you, everybody, it was like Pleasantville. Everyone's so nice to each other and everyone's like joking around and having a good time and no one's like being a jerk to anyone. Yeah, we don't, I was like, don't have trolls. It's yeah, amazing. I was like, how is this the <laughs> internet? What's going on? Where am I? I don't think I'm in Kansas anymore. I know. You know is this the, the real life? Yeah, it was really it's surreal. And I think the oh, reason <laughs> I continue to work on it is just because I've met such wonderful, really, really talented people. And I just can't pull away from it because I have such positive feelings towards it. And even when it gets really hard and frustrating and we don't think stuff is moving forward, I just have these really good feelings towards everyone on the project and towards what it kind of stands yeah. for. So I can't really drop it. It, it means a lot to me. <laughs> yeah, even when we're really mad at each other, you know, for, you know, something's not getting done or this person's, you know, having trouble or, you know, something's not being handed in time, no matter, like, how bad it is, we're really never mad at each other. It's like, we're like, okay, well, that really sucks, and I'm kind of mad, but, ah, and we can, like, still talk to each other about it, you know, out of context, mm -hmm. or, like, you know, it's, like, it's kind of weird like that, but I wouldn't really trade it in for anything, so. I mean, everyone knows that I try to murder try on a daily basis, and yet that doesn't stop us from <laughs> yeah, being BFFs. Of course. <laughs> I have a booty Right, Chai? That's right. <laughs> He's so happy. <laughs> That's right, she tries to murder me. Ha ha ha. It's funny. <laughs> yeah, it like, oh, pleady. Oh, pleady. He's going to go write a song about how we're best friends. Yeah. Good idea. <laughs> well, I give him a, a keyboard that has dynamite in it. It's very Wily e. Coyote in the Roadrunner. Oh, my gosh, a keyboard. It'll be the oh yeah key. <laughs> no, uh, no, come on. on. It's the, no, it's the come on. We try, you know that keyboard that makes the sounds? And you the like the. the 
Yeah, the keyboard that makes the sound, the like DJ the sounds, and you like DJ. the one that goes, come on, or, come yeah. on. It's one of those keys. You hit those and it explodes. Oh, okay. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Where can I buy this keyboard? <laughs> <laughs> Guys, interestingly enough, it's actually his girlfriend's, which is Mia Faye's. So Mia Faye has the keyboard that Phoenix Wright likes to make go, come on! Oh, yeah. <laughs> Funny enough, there's actually a YouTube video of me telling Try that he has a problem oh, no. and he has to stop with the keyboard. <laughs> okay, <laughs> like so, talking so this to him like he has a, a tangent, drug addiction. But, um, my, my wife has this keyboard too, right? And really? there is a button that just oh, says oh, dictionary. Oh, yeah! Yes! 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 Can someone please explain to me what the dictionary button's about? We don't know. We've tried to figure it out. <laughs> Try it. He's pressed that button so many times that we can't figure it out. Because my wife will be in the other room uh, grading compositions for class, right? And I'll just go in and push the DJ button. Just start playing dictionary, dictionary, dictionary. Yeah. Yeah, see that video? That's Try anyway. He has the keyboard. He has the same keyboard. That's I wonder awesome. if that's on my keyboard. Next question. Okay, this is uh, from K from Animazement. Kay, all right. Kay, fair I remember her. It's Kay. Uh, and, and she would like to know, uh, this is this is for uh, all the cast members, is there anything you have in common with your character, oh. or do you ever find yourself <laughs> acting like your character? Okay, I guess we should go in the order they, they put up then. Okay, so, um, well, funny enough, I play Maya Faye, and Maya's kind of famous for being really short. I'm 4'11", so I'm like an inch shorter than her, for one. I absolutely love burgers. I am a burger she connoisseur, is. even, one oh. could say. Um, oh. My older sister is a lawyer. She graduated from UCLA Law and Harvard Law. <laughs> my older sister is also about the same body type as Mia. Also your family? Oh, yeah. Also, my family is filled with crazy old ladies who swear they're psychics. Like, none of them, <laughs> none of the people in my generation believe it, but, like, the old ladies, like, swear we're psychics and all that. Um, I do have a cousin who's the same age difference from me as Pearl and Maya. <laughs> and her mom is kind of crazy. <laughs> um, funny enough, all of those things. And most of all, I really liked that Maya was, she was weird, you know? I liked that about her, that she wasn't cutesy. Like, her cuteness came from her being weird and quirky and saying kind of off-the-walls things or having moon logic, where, like, it seems like her logic skips a step and you're not sure how she got there. Because I, I relate to that a lot, you know? And it's like, I've, I've never felt, like, especially pretty or cute or anything like that. But, you know, anytime I felt like I've been charming, it's been completely accidental. I'm just kind of a weirdo. And <laughs> I guess sometimes it's endearing. I mean, people, weirdo. Out, How charming. people do musicals with me, so... <laughs> I love I love Maya Faye's character. Okay, I guess oh then Maxie's turn. I'm not really a voice actor though. Oh, okay. Tri's turn. Um I guess I'm kinda like Phoenix because Phoenix is sort of uh I'm not really the normal one though. Phoenix is kind of the normal one and I'm sort of I guess a little odd. College Phoenix, don't lie. I'm I am college Phoenix. (laughs) That's exactly who I am. In fact I have the sweater. No, I don't have this one. I need to get that, though. Your girlfriend needs to knit it for you. <laughs> Sarah has Come been on, who's going to know? Just tell them you have the sweater. <laughs> Try like, I can't lie. Just, like, call me. I can't lie. I see I'm like Phoenix because I'm, I'm after the truth, you know? It's <laughs> <laughs> all, about, all about honesty and whatnot. In fact, I actually got this letter today from this uh, thing asking about sending money for my, my independent business. And looking online, it turned out to be a big scam. Like, it's this giant thing going on. So I, uh, I ended up calling the police. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> no, really. And, and, I, and there was a number on the letter that I called and kind of chewed out the people there. I'm like, what are you doing with your lives? 
<laughs> Please try. tell me. You're you're try. That's, that's Hold on, try. Of, uh, I'm gonna do a reenactment of you. Joel, be the cop. Ring, ring, <laughs> ring, ring. Hello, pal. This Nigerian prince is offering me all this money, and I don't think it's on the up and up because I didn't earn it, officer. <laughs> <laughs> also, listen to my keyboard. Dictionary. Dictionary. <laughs> Come on. Thank you for your service. Come on. Click. I'll be I'll be the keyboard. Yeah, that's great. It was weird, but uh, I I do I do relate to Phoenix a lot. But that's kind of a cheat though, because I think the player's supposed to relate to Phoenix. He's got kind of the the uh, the, you know, the kind of snarky responses that everyone's kind of thinking when they play the game. Well, so. Phoenix was also an art major in college. Try. That's true, and he plays the piano. But I'd like to think I play the piano a little better than he. Does. I don't know. Try about musical. See? He sings. Guys, oh. Tri's a really good pianist, but he can never remember how to play his own songs. It's so true. he is like Hobo Phoenix. You get him in front of a piano and he like start playing something. Go wait. <laughs> wait. Just then I just switch to the DJ mode. <laughs> Who's next? Oh, Tom. Oh, oh, putting on this, putting me on the spot all of a sudden. Um. No, it's the order. I don't know. Uh, I don't. Are you a crotchety old man? Yes. Uh, well, okay, so, yeah, that's that's sort of the consensus on the project, <laughs> that the probably the biggest way in which I resemble Von Karma is that I am a crotchety old man in a young man's body, in my case. Um, I sort of, like, you know, like, people will get up to pranks or whatever, and I'll just be, like, sitting there and a being like, oh, rebel, rebel, rebel. <laughs> these, these kids and their hula hoops and their skateboards and their rap music and their Pokemon. <laughs> I and, was the and the resurgence of swing music. Yeah. I don't think I'm very much like Von Karma other than that. Uh, I am a little bit of a perfectionist, but not in the same way that he is. Like, he's a perfectionist in that, like, everything he does he considers to be, like, inherently perfect. And if anything ever threatens that reality, he shoots it. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm more like... And this has actually been kind of a problem for me while I've been working on the script and recording lines and doing some other stuff for the project. Uh, if I, I do something and then I sit there, I'm like, oh, it's really, you know, it could be better if I did it this way. I don't know. And I sort of, I bat it around for a long time. And if I can't get it perfect, I tend to just kind of be like, oh, well, I don't want anyone to see this. So it, it often... You know, like, I don't get a first draft out there because I'm embarrassed by it, and so I kind of have to force myself to be willing to share imperfect things that I then I think have flaws and get constructive criticism on them rather than just being like, well, this isn't any good, I'm not showing this to anyone ever. Aram, that's just early Von Karma. Just wait until your rage builds and you get older and more crotchety, and soon you will just shoot people. You do work for Microsoft. That's, Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm sure by the time I'm 65, I'll have my own personal hitman or something. <laughs> we'll work something out. You mean you don't already? Dude. I know. Whoa. It's such... Uh, I can't believe hitman they don't give us one complimentary hitman upon hiring. That's all I ask. Listen, listen, listen. When you're hiring hitman, it's all about volume. you got to work with volume. That way you can really establish a business base and apply to your hitman to a large number of people there. It's about volume. Well, but if you have volume but not quality, though, you you don't have actual hitmen. You have mooks from, like, a ninja film. <laughs> well, you know, like, fire... No, you don't have mooks from a ninja film. How many times do mooks from a ninja film actually kill people? 
That's what. Wait, I on a- accident or on purpose? <laughs> on purpose. Well, yeah. If you, it depends if you count the accidental team kills they get on one another. <laughs> anyway, I think the other actors might want to answer. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I suppose <laughs> we should look at the little people. You're a snotty little kid who demands the hot dogs from Larry. <laughs> Yeah, I play yeah, Maggie Bird, and because I'm married to Joel, who plays Gumshoe, that in and of itself, uh, <laughs> I think, <laughs> explains it. But, um, yeah, I'm pretty well just Maggie. <laughs> just as the same as Joel was always Gumshoe, no matter how many recastings we did, <laughs> no matter what he ended up Gumshoe. I ended up with Maggie. Intimidating how everybody had like this awesome answer, and now it's coming up to us, and we're like, um, I kind of like yeah. ramen. Yeah, I'm very gumshoe. <laughs> and those two pictures, yeah. Hey, at least you <laughs> have a kind of son. We dressed him up as um, the blue badger when we went to Icon. <laughs> I made his costume for him. But you forgot to mention that you guys look like them too. Yeah. Yeah, that's us. <laughs> Personally, I think Pleaty looks pretty like much Maya. Um, I think Pleaty I don't really look. look. I guess a little bit. You kind of look like Maya. Yeah, Pleaty does look kind of like Yeah. Oh. Well, thanks, guys. I don't know if that's good or bad, since she's like the one character in the game they always say isn't pretty. No, it's only, only <laughs> Hottie, though. The crazy patient from Hottie doesn't say that. <laughs> you gotta impress it's that like, guy. I, I know. My life is ruined because I can't impress <laughs> that guy. Why can't I just I shoot him? I Aaron impresses that guy. <laughs> yeah. Von Karma would have shot Hottie because he wouldn't have liked his picture. <laughs> okay, so Edgeworth, what do you have to say, MM? Oh lord, why am I always the last one to be put on the spot like this? Um, <laughs> hey, technically I haven't gone yet, pal. Oh, go, go, Gumshoe. Sorry, Edgeworth tried to cut in front of you as usual. <laughs> oh, so Edgeworth does want to be last. <laughs> no, so I mean, like I said, it's kind of kind of intimidating how everybody has this awesome answer and. You know, my answer is going to be something along the lines of, yeah, I like ramen, and I eat top noodles, and top ramen, and a cup of noodles. <laughs> no, but I, I would say one of the things I have in common with Gumshoe is he's very dedicated to the people that, you know, that he considers his friend. And uh, that's kind of the way it is with me and my friends. I, I don't have any friends that I've been friends with for less than 15 years. So I, I've got a very small circle of friends, but they all know I'm extremely loyal, and then I'll... Go to bathroom, so. Are you a tinkerer too, though? Yeah, you like technology too, like Gumshoe. Yeah, that's that's pretty true too. Yeah, I wouldn't. I don't know if I remember Gumshoe being big on smartphones. That's kind of my thing. Smartphones. Well, he probably would be if he could afford them. I mean, he yeah. loves technology. He loved the bug sweeper he made, and he knew all about he those tried lockers. To buy that that's a good yeah, point. And, and Gumshoe always has help from people, and he's coming up with his answers too. And so. <laughs> <laughs> Maya sitting there going, come on, Gumshoe. <laughs> and I like ramen, pal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Um, I, I think it's safer to go with wh- how I'm not like Edgeworth. I look nothing <laughs> like him. I do not have a haughty, slightly subtle British accent. I am not deathly afraid of elevators. <laughs> do you wear a lot of purple? Yes. I do yes, not. Yes. I do not. He does have a lot of fangirls, though. That's not my fault. That is true. It's not Edward's fault. I don't know. Yeah, it really isn't Edward's fault either, so you have that in common. Yeah, um, I have a large vocabulary. You are a sophisticate, my good man. You come off pretty pretentious to people who don't know you. I do what now? I remember I was a compliment. I remember when I first started talking to MM on AIM, I was like, man, this guy must like 
think I'm really dumb because he talks like he's so like pretentious and all that. And then I met him in person. I was like, oh, no, you're like totally down to the earth and awesome. You just type that way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I actually I, I know I, exactly what you're talking about. I've talked to people like that on AIM where I'm like, because I, I usually I, I don't worry so much about, you know, punctuation, capital How letters. How dare you, sir? <laughs> oh, it's and not then I'll just focus that. on just using like complete 100% proper grammar. And, and this is speaking as a professional copy editor. I don't I don't yeah. do that. <laughs> completely understand where you're coming from there. Who could you be talking about, Paul? (laughs) Yeah, Paul. Sorry. Paul's like, I hate Paul. You guys are such bullies. That's TM's job. That's TM's job. Um, It's okay, Paul. I vouch for you. Because, Paul, I'll be there when you need a friend. I'll be there to support you. Don't encourage him. Don't, don't. (laughs) See, Mike, I do have friends. I told you. (laughs) <laughs> Look, it works as well on him as it does for Try. Lying is great. <laughs> uh, so, so how about the next question? We got a few more. A few more. <laughs> All right, this is from uh, Kel Keltena. Keltena. Um, this is again for the individual voice actors. If you could play any character, regardless of voice type or gender, uh, who would you be most interested in? The that one you're so... already playing is a valid answer if they're your first choice. I love Maya. I'm really glad to be playing Maya. I worked so hard. I, I was her understudy originally, and I played Cody Hackins, who I portrayed as uh, Trunks from Dragon Ball Z. Pretty much it was like, a, <laughs> the Seal Samurai brings another guy down. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> eventually I did become the Maya voice actor through a series of many events, and I'm, I've been, I mean, I I've, cried when I got the part and I was I was so and I don't cry because I'm a man a man, manly man or the manliest um, one may say so manly that that's why the rest of the guys on the project are kind of girly except for Joel because he's gumshoe and he's a man um, <clears throat> I absorb all their testosterone just like Aram just like Aram absorbs all of our crotchetiness I absorb the manliness so um <clears throat> Since it's, since but uh, come up, I'd just like to say that I have always been Cleedy's number one fan. I love you, Joel. Really See, that goes back to the loyal since the beginning. I always <laughs> wanted her to be Maya. Always. Ever since Tri- ever since Triforce Bun released the song, the very first song, the uh, guy you can trust. I think. Yeah. Was that the first song? Yeah. Yeah, yeah guy you can trust. Ever since he released that song, and I heard it, and I sang it as Gumshoe, and everyone was like, "Well, he's, he's awesome." And his life. I've always wanted to be. Gumshoe, so. Yeah, Joel, I have to say, just hearing your voice here, you sound exactly like how I hear Gumshoe's voice in my head when I'm playing the game. Everybody <laughs> actually says that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not surprised. Uh, so, so anyone else? Characters yeah, you would like to next? play? Should I, keep, should I just go ahead? Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah, go for it, yeah, Go ahead. Okay. Um, if I could play any character... Wait, I don't think they specified in, in the Phoenix Wright series, did they? No, just in general. They did not, but I, I think there was the underlying assumption. I'd like to be Zoidberg, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> but no, for, for Phoenix Wright, I, uh, I'd like to be Matt Ungard. I think he would be fun to play. I think I'd like to play a villain. Wait, should I... Sorry, I don't think it's possible maybe we, should, for... maybe we should spoiler warn that. Oh, well, that was a spoiler. There we go. <laughs> No, I don't. I don't know. Try is so nice that um, I mean, I think he would make a great man on guard. And I think yeah, if, he let, if he if he like actually let his evil side out, it would be truly scary. So I, <laughs> I like that. Oh, like <laughs> thank you, Joel. Thank you very much. <laughs> also, he has my name. So who's next? I think it's I'm yeah. Nice. I think it would be me. Sorry, I'd no, like I'm... to have the chance to play everybody. Actually, that would be so much fun. Especially oh, yeah, Von Karma with my operatic uh-huh. soprano voice. That, that would, would be, be so entertaining. <laughs> My answer is actually pretty much the opposite of tries. Um, I sort of get, over the past five years or so, I've kind of been typecast as villains in most things I've participated in. Uh, I wish I had a, a better 
leading man kind of voice. I think it would be uh, it would be an interesting. It would be more interesting for me to perhaps once play like a Phoenix or an Edgeworth or something like that. That's you know not just mwahahaing all the time. Um, <laughs> I, I I do like. But your to evil have... laugh is so good though. It is. It really is. <laughs> Uh, I don't think yeah, we've heard from you, Matt. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hmm. I guess attorney-wise, I'd probably say either Godot, or I think I would have a whole lot of fun doing Luke Atme. <laughs> <laughs> you and me both. Zavari. Zavari! Zavari! There we go. This is a great part about Phoenix Wright, is all the characters are so memorable. It just lends itself so well mm-hmm. to a musical play. Mm-hmm. I think somebody said that earlier. I want to revise my response. I probably wouldn't play anybody from the circus case. <laughs> <laughs> I was stuck on that for over a year because I was I kinda, so I kinda hate the I had to force case. myself to finish it, to move on. Thank you. Thank you. It's, I, it's I don't like terrible. it either. Hello, right. anyway, Mike, Michael Gray, did you and I argue about I this on like podcast both. before? I don't know. I know we argued about Phoenix. No, what, Mia was hitting on Phoenix at the end of case one. <laughs> okay. That's what, we, that's what we argued about. One of the many things. Oh. You don't remember what happens in the in the in the circus case, Paul. You can't you can't argue about it. <laughs> no, in a few years. You don't remember so I think what happened. I finally got through that case. I had to use a walkthrough, and I never do that on the first run through a game ever. Was it my walkthrough? Uh, something online. I have no idea. It, it I just found been. one. Could have been. <laughs> could have it been. Could have been. Yeah. Michael Gray is the foremost uh, walkthrough person for. Okay, yeah. I, I have no idea that. who wrote it. I paid no attention, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, well. I was just like, get me through this stupid case. That's all you I care about. about the plot beats. It doesn't matter otherwise. Mm-hmm. In I, case you missed my answer, my answer was yeah. Larry Ladies Man. Yeah. That's who I want to be. <laughs> That's who everybody wants Gotta to be. Gotta be the boss. Let's be honest. Come yeah. on. Okay. No, no, no. I, I'm going to put the Game Cola guys on the spot. What, what answers would you guys give, Game Cola? <laughs> Paul, who would uh, you want to play? Who would I want to play? Oh... Now, does this question assume that I have any amount of singing talent? Yes. It assumes yeah. that I, I can, in fact, sing. Okay, fine. And even More if you can't, it'll still be Cause, great. Because well, if, if it didn't, I would want to play, like, a, a, a character that perhaps just had a speaking role. Well, I think it's relevant. If you could... You could play anybody you wanted who... Phoenix has always been my top choice in, throughout the series, so I guess I'd, I'd probably go for him. Nice. For who? Phoenix. Phoenix. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, Try. I would take your role. Watch out, Try. Oh, man. He's got his eye uh, what, about, what about you, Michael Gray? I think I'll go for the judge. I don't think anybody's mentioned him yet. <laughs> nice. no, the, the, the standard judge or the Canadian judge? <laughs> I would do both because, you know, they're related. I think secretly well, MM... the standard judge Canadian? Hmm? Yeah, they're related. Canadian judge. One of them... Yeah, there's a Canadian one, but they're, they're like related. They're brothers or yes. something. Yeah, they're brothers. They but were one separated them... at birth. Oh, one I them, guessing one to be raised Canadian yeah. and one American. There's, there's probably a fan fiction that explains it. He went to college <laughs> oh. in Canada and picked up the accent. Right. There, there is no accent. <laughs> M.M., I can hear your Canadian-Mexican accent from here, you immigrant. <laughs> uh, what no about you, Mike Ridgway? Oh. Let's say a boot, and we do not live in igloos. Done. Uh, I can't count how many people we possibly well. offended. <laughs> I'm offended by that, buddy. Oh. I'm, not, I'm not your buddy, friend. Okay. I'm not your friend, friend guy. Buddy. A guy? <laughs> I'm not your friend, guy. Y'all not my guy, buddy. And I was a podcast. It was a homicide. <laughs> oh Lord, we've gotten stuck in to an endless loop. <laughs> <laughs> Are you first? 
I'm not your friend, pal. <laughs> that, pal, get it, huh? That's pretty good. That's pretty good, Joel. Pretty good, Joel. It's pretty good, boy. Pretty good. Yeah. Good job. Good job. Good job. Yeah. So, 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 Mike Ridgeway. <laughs> yeah, I'm here. What, what would your answer be? Who would you? What role would you like to uh, play? I mean, I'd love to play Edward just because that's like it's it's a dream. It's like me saying like if there was ever a Nightmare Before Christmas musical, I'd like to play Jack. But <laughs> Edward's a skeleton. Nightmare Before Christmas. That's going to spawn so much fan art, I'm sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I honestly that that's the mem- that's the movie I have memorized. So you mean Edgeworth is as emo as Jack? Eh, maybe. <laughs> but if I had to, if I had to like pick one realistically, it'd probably be it'd be someone douchey because I'm really good at playing and emoting douchey parts. So Edgeworth. But- Red white makes the room. <laughs> <laughs> F you, I love Edgeworth. He's the man. I uh, love him too. It's just a joke. Ah. <laughs> uh, we always Jenny. love to pick on the characters. No, no, I totally respect you guys. Getting, you know, I, I'm thoroughly impressed by what you do. It's just like, you can't insult Edgeworth to me. It's just like... <laughs> no, we love Edgeworth as the socially stupid, educated, and educated, but socially stupid and awkward man he is. It's my soul to think of him any less than godlike. <laughs> Michael, I, I think the best way to think of Edgeworth is like Batman. When he's at right work, back, he's a crime fighter. He's when he's at work, he's a crime fighter. He's sophisticated. He always has a plan. He's awesome. No one can beat him. He's Batman. But when he gets home, he's not Batman. He's Bruce Wayne. If Bruce Wayne stayed home and trolled the Steel Samurai and argued about shipping, I, I think okay. Edgeworth uh, cosplaying <laughs> Batman is another uh, fan art just waiting to happen. Yeah. You, Let me just say, Mike, I, I very much approve. I will your defend. Promise. I will defend Batman until my dying moment. <laughs> does not exist anymore. It is just Batman in there. He does not refer to himself ever as Bruce Wayne. He refers to himself as Batman. Whenever he's thinking, it's like, okay, what do I have to do to further my uh, my influence or my career as Batman to help with Gotham? Edgeworth secretly would be a huge Batman fan, and that he's a huge evil magistrate fan. I think uh, Edgeworth watches. But which Batman are we talking about magistrate. here? Which Batman? <laughs> Any Batman, even the dancing one. Edgeworth loves the, them all. That 2D, the 1960s one? Yeah, yeah I, I cannot see... Uh, Some ways, you just can't get rid of a bomb. Like, I don't read the Batman comics, but I was raised on Batman the Animated Series, and that's... Awesome that, show, awesome show. Yeah, that thanks. was the best Batman to me, the animated series that they had. And, and, uh, the okay. You can totally edit this out, but to me, like, as far as Jokers go... It's only Mark Hamill. I mean, Heath Ledger did an all right job. Other people have done an all right job, but Mark Hamill is the Joker. Done. Agree with that, actually. I can really agree with that. Okay. Sorry. Next question. Is Phoenix Wright versus Professor Layton getting an English release? What do people think? <laughs> yes. I think there's still hope. Yeah. I hope so. I think there's hope. I'm not holding my breath because it, the game's going to come out like next year and I die from asphyxiation. <laughs> It's plausible. I think there's hope. I really think there's hope. I mean, for one, I mean, level five is the one handling the localization, not Capcom. So all these negative feelings you have towards Capcom for not releasing stuff lately has nothing to do with this game. This game is being released by level five and therefore distributed by Nintendo. So Capcom doesn't even feature into it. I think it will come out over here because Mega Man is not in it. (laughs) 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 (laughs)
I'm 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 kind of with Michael Gray yet. on this. Um, I really want it to. Um, I'm I'm also not holding my breath, but I think it would be wonderful. It would be great to have a game to play on my 3DS, for example. So <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, uh, we talked about this on a prior episode. I've had the 3DS um since the summer. I have zero 3DS games. Oh wow. <laughs> I've, I've, not, I've just not even Ocarina of Time? No, I I, yeah, I already have it on N64. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Well, yeah. Mario's coming out next month. I've, I've been using it to play Ghost Trick, actually, which I'm sure a lot of people here oh, will Ghost appreciate. Ghost Trick! Ghost well, Trick! Well, what, oh, what about yeah. your free don't copy spoil, of Four not Swords? Don't spoil. <laughs> I, I dabbled in Four Swords. I'm not really I'm not a huge Zelda person in general. Mm. I played it a little. Oh, no. Blasphemy. Did I just make everyone sad? <laughs> okay, well, I have some bad news for you, then. Try and I discussed it. And oh, no. Try and I discussed it. And you know what we decided our next musical should be? Ghost Trick? No. Try tell him. Wait. Ace Attorney Investigations. Does it, it has something to do with Zelda? I kind of forgot. Yeah, remember we were laughing about how there should be a Zelda musical and oh, I would yeah, be yeah, yeah. and follow you around? Gag. Yeah, that was pretty great. Tell him, try. What's our next musical? Uh, w- w- uh was it gonna be a uh, yeah? Uh, yeah, wasn't related. I, I kind of forgot. Sorry, I kind of killed the moment there. Try we had phone conversations though. about it. <laughs> I know we talked about this like five minutes ago, but speaking of you know Ace Attorney versus Professor Layton, we did we did do a dub of the trailer as one of our fan projects. Oh yeah, we did. That's true. Yeah, it's a yeah, pretty, pretty good, good one. Nice. The graphic yeah, they really great. Yeah, yeah we were, were pretty. Involved, we were, but it was good. We were pretty. No, we were where, pretty where, where can we find this? YouTube. Yeah, they did a good job with the editing too, like like making it uh, you know, cover cover the old voices really well. Mm-hmm. I was impressed with how they did it. My favorite line in the whole thing is when try when um Professor Layton's all you know eloquently like the law Star! is not perfect and neither are its keeper. I don't like that guy. <laughs> I don't like that top hat guy. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so do I sound like a 1980s nerd now? <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that top hat that's guy. That's the voice I do totally when I'm doing anything other than Von Karma, basically. <laughs> Just to distinguish them. I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like that. Awesome. Yeah, I'm Jackson. That was pretty cool. Are you like Beavis and Butthead now? <laughs> I have, like, an objection and stuff. <laughs> this guy sucks. <laughs> no. Yeah, he is. Right versus the use of butthead. Don't, don't release that one here. Hey, Davis, check it out. <laughs> Maybe killed him with his butt. <laughs> That's actually a really good impression. Yeah, that is a really good impression. I'm impressed. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Good job, pal. Try to... <laughs> Great voices, but you'd never know it for how he does Phoenix, because he just does his own voice. Oh, that yeah, was try, just try, try, do Kip, do Kip. I always make him do Kip, do Kip. Do Kip? Oh, okay. Yeah. Actually, I don't have bones. I'm composed of a system of fluid-filled bladders. <laughs> I love you. Oh, Amy. Yeah, Kip okay, is yeah, maybe we should move on to actual questions. Kippy! Question four, thank you, whoever said that. That would be me. Next question. Thank you. Question four. Uh, this is from Giselle6162 from the forums. Um, that would be probably hey, your forums. I know her. Yeah. Oh, I, I vaguely recognize that series of letters and numbers. All right, and the question <laughs> is, uh, you know your trip to Colorado? Well, what do you think was your favorite song that you did? My favorite was I'll Be There, Pal. That's oh. mine too, Pal. <laughs> kind of a sad story. Okay, and a happy one. My forum ever was their pal. That was a parody I did of Tri's magnificent song, I'll Be There. And instead of it being between Phoenix and Maya, it's between Gumshoe and Edgeworth. Um, 
And so, of course, when we were in Colorado, we reenacted it with Joel and Try because... I wasn't there yet. Yeah, he wasn't this, there yet. This was before my time. Um, to, to interrupt real quick, was this uh, part of a panel? No, yeah. it was a bunch of us fooling around in Joel's basement. Yeah, we, we were taping. <laughs> it was, oh, yeah, I was going to link one of those mold. earlier. And by the Maybe way, I'm back. Doing that was an awesome good time, even if it wasn't a panel. <laughs> we had our own convention. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> we had our own convention, convention in Joel's basement. No... <laughs> My favorite song, though, that came out of that trip was not I'll Be There, Pal. It was, and you can see it in another, where Try is randomly playing on the piano, improvising with a stuffed animal. And oh, if geez. I can recall, and I could be wrong, but if I recall, I think the song went, My name is Larry, I'm but, not just uh, a klutz. <laughs> I am Nick's bestest friend until... And, and then as Edgeworth, I would go, I object! <laughs> Nick likes me best. So don't forget, Nick, best as bodies, don't you be a buddy daddy. And then try, like, completely change the melodies. So I, like, had to suddenly change. And I was like, Nick and I, I don't know the tune. But who cares about that? Because we're going to watch Futurama soon. And Edgeworth ended with, like, I object, I, I object, about, I object. I forgot about that song. That song is my favorite, yes. That, yeah, that was the best song of the whole trip. Try randomly playing around on the piano and Larry the Lizard. It was a stuffed animal we had. Yes, as voiced by Pleavy. I think my I, favorite song that I heard, <laughs> even though I wasn't there, was the one that you recorded uh, for the Edgeworth alarm clock for use oh, as an actual oh, alarm clock. Too. Oh, oh, I have that as my actual alarm clock. Time to get butt out of bed. Don't listen to Larry. On the Colorado trip, I had a really good time doing uh, August Day, which is the first song, and... Uh, it pretty much involved everyone in the room pretty much playing different parts, and some of them involving, uh, some of them, like, two different parts at the same time. Like, I think Joel was, uh, was Furio Tigre and Gumshoe, and they sing, like, right after each other, so he had yeah. his, uh, trench coat He or flipped something. his coat up for Gumshoe <laughs> yeah, and took his, <laughs> off his shoulders for, <laughs> for you know. It was creative casting. It was a lot of fun. Fantastic. <laughs> I, I like that Sarah it. was Penny and I was Cody and like one of us <laughs> forgot a line or something. Hey, I found the link to that. Let me put Three, it Three, two, one, go! Uh, These are going to be the most convoluted show notes ever. <laughs> so many links. Is that, is that the last fan question? Do you guys have any questions for us? Well, I wanted to go back to the question you about the Colorado trip. Um, and this is the lesser known Louisiana trip that I still have all the footage waiting on my camcorder for. Um, <laughs> We didn't sing so much as we did crazy random shenanigans, but there was one thing that was pivotal to our journey in Louisiana that I feel all Ace Attorney and no, every fan no, ever should know about. No! And that is an no. awesome movie that we watched. Yes! No! Is this Pretty on Red Bull? No, yes. not no. either! No! Well, that's okay then. No, I meant the thing we watched. If Red Bull gives time. normal people wings, what does it give Pleaty? A rocket. <laughs> gives Pleaty the flash of costume. Yes. My favorite movie. Try, why don't you tell us about your favorite movie? Spider's Web, A Pig's Tale. It's a CGI animated adventure. Based off that the movie movies. frightens me. It came out the same time yeah, Charlotte's Web came out in theaters. It's, it's like Sorry, one of those low budget. Those low-budget kind of rip-offs, you know, like like they have the of the ones like based on Pixar. There's one called Ratatouille or something. This is this yeah. is called Spider's Web, and it's awesome. It's so good. I've seen it like eight times. We all watched it, and we recorded <laughs> commentary for it. And I got it for three dollars off eBay. And you gotta get it. The other video they're talking about for my birthday, Maxi drugged me with Red Bull. <laughs> I didn't drug. Well, I, <laughs> I don't drink caffeine. I'm a very high energy okay. person as in, it is. In my defense, in my defense. 
we were joking up late at night one night, and I'm talking like 3 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, which is where I lived at the time. She lived in um, California. Los Angeles. Yeah. yeah, so she lived in California at the time. And so we were joking late at night, like, you know how you can get married and there's like a wedding and a ceremony? How do you get brewery? Like, you know, bro marriage? So we were talking and we said, uh, Mountain Dew, Red Bull, and beef jerky. So what do I do? I bring all three to Louisiana. Apparently Red Bull makes Sleepy blackout. And I don't mean blackout like past that. I mean, she does random crazy stuff and doesn't remember any of it. Try was at work and I prank called him like five, six times. And he kept answering! And I still have to the surprise party that you threw for him. I threw him a surprise party? What else did I do? <laughs> it was awesome! Try, he put up videos of me on Red Bull that I can't remember. <laughs> Try, do you remember the surprise party where we thought the door was locked? Yeah, with the balloons? <laughs> yeah! There were I a lot of balloons. Of I like how you did nice things while you, you had no control, though. I mean, that was kind of cool, I guess. Okay, guys, so when I... I'm I think we might have hijacked this podcast a little too much. Okay. Maybe we should <laughs> get back on track. <laughs> I mean, I, I, just, I just had a quick question for, for the Game Cola guys. Um, yeah. Why don't we have fun get-togethers with dancing and music and singing and, and movies? Uh, at my place, Paul. I emailed you trying to set up a new one. You never responded. I didn't yeah. know. I you was, did I'm not. Sorry. I'm sorry. I was too busy going to your goddamn wedding. <laughs> Paul, I think I have an answer for that. See, you guys are missing something very important that Turnabout Musical had at all of their Art? trips. A musical? No. Pleading. <laughs> yes. Pleading holds everything Every together. Yeah. A project musical get together. So I think clearly. Yeah. I, mean, that, so you know, I know. You always force me to go. Yeah. Well, see, what I think we need is we need a game called a musical. Yes. Hmm. Try yes. it. Let's write it. Come on, let's do it. And by let's, I mean you write it, and then I'll take all the credit. Okay. That's who's gonna play. Usually happens. Who's gonna play Paul? I'll play Paul. I He's will. Leader, right? So I'll play Paul. I'll play Paul's beard. <laughs> ah! Oh my god! And I could talk to Paul's... Try, you be Paul's beard, and you, like, give me advice, and I'm like, shut up, beard! Stunt <laughs> casting at its finest. <laughs> guys, let's move yeah, on. Back beard on track. Conscious. Come on, beard guys. Beard is like, Paul, I don't think you should kill all those people. Darling, darling son wants to <laughs> We had we yeah. had one more question on the website. Oh, I've got a new <laughs> question though. Oh, okay. Uh, this will Poor be a Matt quick Jones question. is never going to get his question read. <laughs> on the next episode, the Game Cola Podcast, episode forty-two, and a special two-part podcast between Game Cola and Turnabout Musical. Many questions have been asked, but many more questions remain. Which Phoenix Wright character should totally go out? Who will win the sing-off competition? Will Matt Jonas ever get his question read? Find out on the next exciting episode of the Game Cola Podcast.